Hey, welcome Mariners Church. Thank you for uh, tuning in and watching this. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at Mariners, and it is really good to be here with you. Um, I love worship, whether it is live or whether it is um, um, in living room. We're watching. We're watching it. We're really blessed, actually, to have a worship team like we have here. Um, they're very flexible. They're working, and they, they just do a, a terrific and a, and a great job. I have to tell you that on Sundays, it's kind of weird watching um, yourself on camera. And actually, I even mentioned it to somebody how odd and weird it is to have to watch me on camera. And their response was, welcome to our world. <laughs> hey, I hope you guys are all handling this thing um, pretty well. I know this week I was going a little stir-crazy, um, getting a little bit nutty um, around the house. And, and, and as we're going through this, this is a second week, third week through this whole thing, we're experiencing the ups and downs and the emotions of all of it, and, and I, and I kind of thought, you know, the, the first week when we first got the announcement to lock it all down, there was kind of a sense of, of shock, and a few weeks ago, we, we, we really tried to address the, the whole shock of, of this, that, hey, we as believers in Christ, filled with God and His Spirit, were built for this. We were actually built for times like this, and, and last week, everyone was a tiny bit, now probably not, they were a lot bit fearful of that, and, and we wanted to address the whole fear thing that that we may have been experiencing, and we talked about even though the situation seems big, God is an awful lot bigger. And I think the word now is the word worried. Now, there's a lot to be really worried about um, completely. In, in fact, you look at percentages, and now you look at probabilities, and we talk about trying to flatten the curve, and then they talk about the secondary wave that's coming in. The virus it's, it itself is, is enough to just freak you out. I mean, have you ever looked at those microscope pictures of, of them? And things like this really big, and it's got all these things sticking sticking out here. And that, in and of itself, makes me a little bit, little bit freaked out. And 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 then you get to the reality of this whole thing. I mean, we're talking jobs are at stake. Uh, your income may not be happening right now. The stock market goes way up, and then it goes way down, and then it goes way up. And, 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 and people are really sick, and, and this has affected absolutely everybody. Um, it's kind of hard to get perspective um, on, on, on life now with this thing happening, and all of a sudden you realize how sometimes odd things are. We got an ad from, from Macy's. And I don't know about you, but the new spring fashion is not something I really care about at this point in time. And, and in my inbox, Wayfair decided this is a good time to push bidets. Bidets for less with major markdowns. And I just thought, Wayfair, that is not what I need in my life. And, and, and the shock has worn off, and the jokes about toilet paper are really getting old now, and, and now all of a sudden the reality of it sets in, and I think the worry begins to set in as well. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about is handling the worry in times like this. Would you, would you just pray with me, please? Jesus, thank you for your strength and your power that you give us, and that the power that raised you from the dead is present in our lives to endure and to overcome. I just pray you'd give me the words right now and you just fill us with understanding and um, growth so that we might make it through this time. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
This year at Mariners, we have been um, actually calling it or theming it radical. Uh, and we wanted to really talk about what it means to follow Jesus, not just passively, but, but we would say radically. I mean to say, I don't want to just simply be a bystander of this thing called faith, but I, I, I want to be involved in it. I, I, I want Jesus to do things in me and things, things through me. Jesus didn't just come to, to gather around a few fans. You know, we've got Jesus. Yes, we do. We've got Jesus. How about you? You know, he didn't come to do that. He basically said, I want followers. Follower of Jesus will say, Lord, it doesn't matter where you send me, what you call me to do, what you ask me to become, I will do it because I want to follow you. And, and when that happens and when you give yourself over to him, you're going to find Jesus beginning to mess with you. Mess with your life, and I would say mess with your life in a good way, and especially when it comes to worry. And I think a relationship with Jesus Christ gives, gives you the capacity to work through situations like this with a whole different kind of peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives, but, but my peace he's going to give us. And that means that, that, that we have the ability to have a special kind of peace. And I've discovered worry just begins to suck that peace away. Our, our word worry actually comes from a, a word that means to choke or to strangle. And that's kind of what worry does, doesn't it? I mean, when you think about worry, when I worry, I, I, I choke the life out of life. You understand what that means? I just, it kind of just chokes the life out of life. Jesus said this, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And the word that Jesus used for worry, it's a cool word. It, it means to kind of have a, a, a split mind or a, a divided mind, meaning you're trying to carry two things of thought at the same time. And that's a good description, I think, of what's going through a lot of us. We might be thinking about this, but in the back of our minds, there's always this COVID-19 thing going. We're always trying to juggle these two thoughts in our mind of our everyday world, but, but this virus that's going around and what it's doing into our lives. I'm doing this, but thinking about that, it's, it's always on my mind. And it's kind of like we're just waiting for, you know, dum-dum-dum-dum, the next thing that's going to happen to us. Um, and, and sometimes I, I hear people say, I'm just feeling like I'm unsettled all the time. All the time I'm unsettled. And, and that's really what Jesus is talking about. Are you like that, feeling unsettled all the time? Uh, you know, sometimes I just kind of want to escape it all and go home and binge watch Phineas and Ferb or something like that. I just simply want to escape and get away from it all. And, and just, you know, when we have something to worry about, finally we have something concrete to worry about, well, um, leave it to Jesus to mess us up all over again when he says this, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And I, I want to say, what? You know, what, what, what was that again? And Jesus, in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, is going to say three very simple things I'd, I'd love to have you remember for, forever. He will tell us, first of all, that worry is useless. He says this, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? That's true, isn't it? 
I mean, I mean, worrying doesn't make me live longer. It, it probably makes me live what? It probably makes me live shorter, you know? An older version of the Bible says this. Jesus would say, which of you by worrying can add a single inch to his height? And that's true too. I mean, I mean I've worried and worried and I still never grew beyond my current height of six foot three. And now the trouble with um, lying on video is you can tell I'm not six foot three, you know, I'm actually, I'm six foot one. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's useless, it's useless. Worry is completely useless. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Worry can't do anything. It can't add an hour to my life. It can't add an inch to my height. It's, it's useless. Worry is just useless. Second, Jesus would tell us, that worry is also needless. Now, we have to transport ourselves kind of back in time to when Jesus was originally talking to the people, and he's on a little grassy hill, and they're overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It might be kind of like sitting on the bluffs here in Half Moon Bay, and, and there would be the blue water and the, and the green hills, and he's going to talk to us about our worry of the basics of life. And he starts with food, and he uses an everyday example Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. I mean, he would say, look. I mean, look now. And he would be instructing people to just take a look at the birds. And they're hopping around, you know, they're pulling out worms and they're chewing on little seeds and, and doing those kinds of things. And he would say, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And you want to say, he does. I mean, he really does. And then he asks the question, are you not much more valuable than they? I mean, are you more valuable than, than, a, than a bird? Um, my, my office is kind of on the corner in, in the building here, and I think it's on a flight path for birds, you know, for low-flying birds, because they always have a habit of smacking into the window, you know. I'll be there reading or studying or, 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 or doing something else, and Bam, you know, a bird will come slamming, slamming into the thing. It's like, oh, there goes another one, you know. And, and, and sometimes I go outside and just see it down there. And, and I know, you know, all animals are sacred and important, all this kind of stuff. But, 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 but they're just birds. They, they are birds. And Jesus asked the question, um, aren't you more valuable than birds? And if God feeds birds, he'll take care of you. And now he's going to talk about clothes. He says this, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? Uh, they, don't, they don't labor. They don't, they, don't, they don't spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Solomon was one of the richest of, of the Hebrew kings. And, and, and um, he was big time wealthy, you know, had all kinds of stuff. And, and not even Macy's with their spring collection, okay, um, could, could compete with Solomon. But Jesus says this, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? We're talking about birds and poppies now. And if God can pull that together, well, what does it say? I mean, Jesus said, will God not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Food, God provides. Clothes, God will provide. And what he's saying is, worry is just needless. It's needless. 
and, 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 you know, and, and, and there it is, because it really it comes down to um, worry is now an issue not of circumstances, it's an issue of my faith. How big is my faith? And that would say, and leads to the next one, worry is also faithless. Um, what is worry really doing? Worry, worry is not talking about the size of my problems, really. It's not talking about the size of my problem. It's talking about the size of my God, or at least the size of my faith in, in God. Um, what it's saying is, when I'm worrying, it says, God, you're not, you're not caring enough. You're not, you're not aware enough. You're not, well, I don't know, loving enough. You're not strong enough. You're not concerned enough. You're not faithful enough to be involved in my life and take care of my life. And so look at what Jesus says. He says, so don't, so don't worry about these things. Don't, don't, don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father, he already knows your needs. Unbelievers, he's saying, are always freaked out by that stuff. And so he would say, to those of you who are followers of Christ, he would say, be different. Be different. So how, how do I reduce worry? I mean, how do I just, okay, keep this needless, useless, faithless thing in my head. How do I, how do I begin to work to reduce this worry? And I'm going to give you three things to do. And I could have given you 10, maybe even 20, because the Bible is filled with ways in which we can reduce worry. But I'm just going to give you three for this particular situation that we're going through in our lives. And, and first one is, is, is this. Trust God for today. Now, today, today's a, a great word, and it's a great word because it's all I've got. All I've got is today. I, I live in today. That's where you and I, we live. Today, today is today. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What a great quote that one is. Don't worry about tomorrow, he would say. Tomorrow, tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Tomorrow has its own worries. You have today. Today's a great day. You survived yesterday. God will be there tomorrow. You have today. I, I was thinking about tomorrow. I, I was thinking about not Monday, tomorrow. I, I was thinking about the whole concept of tomorrow, so I was kind of, kind of getting a little existential in, in, my, in my head for a moment. The concept of tomorrow, you, you know, think about it, tomorrow really doesn't exist. I mean, it exists in a word form, but it, it really doesn't exist. It exists on my calendar. My calendar says, says, says tomorrow you know, is Monday. That's what my calendar says it is, but it doesn't really exist except on my calendar page. You know, and I was thinking and thinking and thinking until my head went, you know, blew apart and, and I can't think of it anymore. But tomorrow does not exist yet. And the only one who really knows anything about tomorrow that doesn't exist yet, the only one who knows anything about it is who? Is God. And God is God of tomorrow. And the same God who was my God of yesterday that brought me through yesterday and it is the God of my today who's giving me the joy and life that he gives is going to be the God of tomorrow. And he has 
promised to take care of me today, and that's all I've got. So live in the today, not in the tomorrow. Second would be the word father. I have a father. We have a father. Jesus would say, your heavenly father knows. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Gosh, we've all heard that one. You know, it starts out, remember? Our Father who art in heaven. And just think of those two words. We go through them so fast that, that we don't realize sometimes what we're saying. Our Father. Father. Who is in you know, heaven. Our Father is in heaven. All the power of a God and all the love of a loving, caring Father for us. And so Jesus kind of uses an illustration. He says, he says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? And, and you know, that, that's, a, that's a good question. You, you, you know, Dad, can I have another piece of, of fish? You know, sure, kid. Here, have a water moccasin as long as I'm, I'm, I'm at it. No father does that. Um, no dad does that. And not God either. And that means that tomorrow will not be a snake, and tomorrow won't be a rock. But it'll be whatever it is from the hand of a father who is in heaven. So my need, your need, what Jesus would say is, your heavenly father knows. Last one. And I think this one really speaks, gosh, it sure spoke to me this week. It's, it's, it, it, it's change the what ifs to the even ifs. You know, I just, wow, how many of us have been in a, in, a, in a what if mindset? I mean, these last three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, how long have we been in this what if mindset? You know, what if this, what if that? You, you, you know, what if this virus thing does, does, does this? And, and we jump on to Google, you know, and we look at the map of the coronavirus, and it always shows this black map of the world. It's always black, you know, because it's showing how horrible things are. And then they have where the coronavirus is, and it's this pulsating red circle, you know, and, and it looks so horrific when, when, we, when we look at, at, at that. And we begin to say, you know, what if? What if the percentages jump up, you know, or, 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 or what if? It gets even more contagious. It goes on. Or, or what if they run out of toilet paper? And I think, oh, boy, that ship's already sailed. <laughs> it's already gone. But, but I, I, I read this. That there are 63,000 searches on Google a second. 63,000 worldwide searches on Google per second. And a lot of those are what ifs, you know, what ifs, questions we have, stuff that we don't know. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And that adds up to 5.5 billion a day. My problem is not lack of information. We got information. That's not the problem. My problem is when I get the information about this, that, the other thing, the latest tragedy, my problem is how will my heart and mind handle that information? How will my heart, how will my mind handle the information that I'm getting? What's it going to land on? Because I, I can what if all day long, and you can too. What if this? What if that? You know, what if? And, and when we think about it, when I put myself in a what if position, when I become a what if kind of a person, a what if person, I'm kind of like a victim. 
I'm kind of helpless. What if? You know, what if? You know, what, what if this? What, what, what if that? Well, let's change it, okay? Don't say what if. Change it to even if. Even if. Hear the difference between those two? What if versus even if? What if is worry, even if? That's confidence. There's strength in that. There's a great passage in the Bible. It's an even if passage. Not a what if, it's an even if. Just listen as I read. It says, even if the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even if the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even if the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, and we're waiting for the next part, aren't we? Even if, even if, well, well what then? Even if, even if. Well, then what? Even if what? It says, yet, yet. I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights, stable and strong in everything I, I do. Even if, even if I get it, even if I get it, then answer that. Even if, even if, even if, you name it. Even if, fill in the blank. No matter what, even if, I will always have a God who is my Father in heaven. No more what if. Even if. One of the um, um, advantages of living here on the coast um, is you know, we live in a gorgeous place that God has given us. And, but one of the disadvantages of living here uh, on the beach is you tend not to go down enough to look at what God has given us. You, you, you take it for granted, and you know, now they've closed the beach, and, and so you're not supposed to go down there. But when this is all over, when this has passed, um, Go, go down there and uh, stand on the sand. Stand on the sand close enough to where the waves come up. Remember when you were a kid and you'd see how close you could come to the water and see if the waves would come and, and touch your toes? Remember doing that? Do it again. Pull a kid out of you and, 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 and do it again. And, and as the wave comes and you kind of try and guess where it stops... Watch it. Watch where it stops, how close it gets to you. And remember this as you do that. That God said to that wave, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves And that one gets to me because I would think every wave and every time I stand and a wave comes to here, God would say to that wave, that's my kid. I'm his father. This far, no farther. Proud wave, stop. Stop here. 
And understand that in your life, in my life, in our lives, we have a God who commands waves and can say to the wave, stop here, this far, no farther. Proud wave, stop here. Because I don't want him to get wet. God has this. God has this. Um, we were built for times like this. We really, really were. Because we have a God who has said, I have poured out my love to you entirely. I've given you Jesus. What more? What more do we need? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we were made not just simply to endure times like this, but to thrive. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you <laughs> that you are Father and you are in heaven. Waves, wind, God, they all obey you. And, and you have our best interest always at heart. You know ends from beginnings. You know our stories. You know what's next. I would pray, Father, now if I could, even into the homes and the cars of people that are hearing, listening, and watching, and they would be able to replace the what-ifs to the even-ifs. Even if. Even if it gets worse, you're there. Even if the situation looks dark, you're there. Even if. But thank you. Thank you that in times like this, we can shine brighter with the hope that you've provided for us. And now we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen.